0: Welcome guys, we're here, live and direct, Project Mindset. and Today, I'm inspired to share the story of Mike Diamond. Mike is somebody I've known for about 10 years. He's actually married to uh, one of my cousins, and he is the dude that for about five years I avoided at all the family functions. Um, I knew that Mike was somebody that helped hundreds of people, um, all kinds of different celebrities, Uh, through their path of sobriety, and until about three years ago, that was not one of my goals, and as soon as I started to work on that, I knew that Mike was somebody that I should talk to, and after our first conversation, I gained more in that one hour than all the other books that I have attempted to read about this subject, and he's somebody that has actually been a very important figure in my own path to sobriety, I'm coming up on almost two years now. And he just has a very strong ability to help people understand why they even get addicted to things like drugs and alcohol in the first place. He's just a rad dude, a new father, soon-to-be author. He's been on a show before called "Miami Inc." He's ran nightclubs, he's got restaurants in the work, works in New York, and just an amazing human being that has a heart to help others. So without further ado, The man, the myth, Mr. Mike Diamond. Let's go. We are here, inspired, determined, ready to uplift. Welcome to Project Mindset. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here with entrepreneur, entertainer, fitness junkie, world traveler, all-around legendary dude, soon-to-be author, the man, the myth. Mr. Mike Diamond. What's going on, Kev? Thanks for being here, dog.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm inspired by who you are as a human being, who you've been in my life, my aim and focus and commitment to sobriety, and just being somebody that's about purpose. Known you for a while, and I'm super stoked to have you here on the podcast, sharing what you're all about.
1: I'm super stoked to be here. It's, like, really great. We were speaking about, uh, you know, alignment, journey, breaking fear, you know, being motivators. And then I was like, well, why don't we just start this thing? And you're like, when? I'm like, now. And you're like, let's start next week. Let's do this. So it's great. So that's how it's going to start. So I I was thinking today about some stuff. And I think, like, I want to talk about fear. Yeah. Breaking it and how to, um, you know, I think if we, we think of the word fear, you know, there's a lot of acronyms mm-hmm. like false evidence appears real. Yep. And when false evidence appears real, most people forget everything and run where you have to face everything and rise. I love it. So if you look at, you know, the word role, R-O-L-E. Yep. And we break that down. We say remove obstacles to live empowered. Remove
0: obstacles to, to live, live in. empowered.
1: Yeah. So if you look at everyone's biggest obstacle in life, it's fear.
0: I get that. Yeah, right? absolutely.
1: We, we all have some kind of fear. So if you have fear, if you look at the basis of fear, it's we, our, we go into fight or flight mode. Now, if you look at you know, the jungle, you've got two animals out there. You have the uh, antelope or a zebra on its lunch break at the watering hole Yeah. <laughs> drinking away. And then it smells the lioness, mm. and the lioness is like, hey, wait, I want some lunch as well. Right. That animal goes into fight or flight mode for survival. It's got to get out of there. If it doesn't get out of there, it's dead, right?
0: Absolutely, yep. So
1: what happens as human beings when we're so overwhelmed that we live in fight and flight mode?
0: mm and I would say the majority of people, uh, it's more of flight. It's more of, I'm out, I'm out of here, you know, and, and you think about what are there in the jungle? What's there more of, are there more prey or are there more praying, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. right?
0: So I think the same for, for human beings, you think about what percentage of people are really out there chasing it, going after it, living their dreams, it's, they say even 5% of people in America have clear, specific goals. Because I think if you have a clear goal, you know there's going to be some challenges. You know there's going to be some obstacles. I think you have to be fearless just to even set a goal. Because really, to set a goal, a true goal, you don't know how you're going to get there. Right. So you're already aware of, all right, there's going to be some challenges here. But I'm all for it. And statistically, only 5% of America... Is saying that that means we take a hundred people, ninety-five, they're more fear-based, and only five are like, "Damn it, I'm going after it."
1: So then, how do you how do we break our fear? So when you face with fear, right, you got to mm-hmm. think of the word "stop." S T O P. Yeah. First, S is just stop. T is take a breath. Mm. Now, most people say they can't breathe, and that's not true because if you anyone's watched a boxing fight. Or any kind of UFC fight. If they make, they're in fight or flight mode. Yes. If they make it to the corner, the first thing the corner man says is, "Take a breath."
0: Take a breath. So stop in with with that acronym stop. is
1: stop. S T O P. E- stop. T. Take a breath. Take a breath. Now, what do we have to do? Oh, observe the fear. Mm. I'm either afraid I'm not going to get what I want. Yes. I'm going to lose what I've already got. Right. I have guilt and shame for something I've done in the past, mm. or I'm obsessed about the future. Fire. Right? Fire. It's got to be one of the four. Yeah. So when you you stop, you observe the fear, then what do you do? You proceed. I got it. You take action.
0: I was going to say, when the fear pops up, you just say hello. Like, hi there. How's it going? Thank you, fear, for stopping by. And you keep going.
1: But that's still good because you're acknowledging the fear and this purpose because you're saying, I'm acknowledging it, and you're proceeding. Yeah. So if you're using the energy and proceeding and you're you're pushing, you're taking action, the fear doesn't immobilize you because fear is a great thing.
0: Absolutely. It can be your friend. And man, I think there's nothing more powerful than, than, than being okay if you completely screw it up because the biggest fear I think we really have is a fear of failure. Correct. So I'm afraid to fail. And the reason why that, Feeling is theirs because we naturally, for whatever reason, you know, if something happened when we're five years old. We operate from this space of "I'm not good enough," correct. So I'm not even going to try. But man, when you can, when you can get that, okay. Let me get this straight. Even if I totally screw up, that's going to be a huge win. What I've been saying in my mind and to myself, and I think I've posted about this recently, is that uh, many times the Lesson from the L is greater than the reward of the win. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Even if I completely bomb, I'm still going to learn a
1: great lesson. Well, you don't actually bomb because the perception, it's all perception. It's
0: all perception, because, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you
1: think about it, right? So if you go out and you set a goal and say you don't get the win that you expected, mm-hmm. you, if you're intelligent enough to set, step back, and have some awareness, and you go, okay, let's look at the plan. Did I execute it correctly? Who was my team? Okay, this is what I need to do next time. So if you win, and this is where I feel that you've been successful, is that, and this is why I like you, is that when we face adversity, adversity gives us truth. Yes. If you haven't faced adversity, you can never win. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. You know what I mean? Because it's... People are going to be, like, always looking for aces. There's no such thing as a house. You're not going to get aces. Life is going to give you two sometimes. Maybe you, get, you have to fold.
0: So good. You know what I mean? So, so good. So
1: you have to ex- accept the, the cards you're dealt in life. Yeah. And then if you learn to face adversity, like when I came to this country from Australia, everyone told me I would fail. Mm-hmm. Everyone told me there's no way you'd make it. You know no one in New York. There was no social media. So I couldn't go on the internet and discover friends right. or build a network. I landed in New York with nothing, and all I did is met people.
0: So good. How old are you?
1: I was 24. I had to change 24. my
0: whole life. Wow. What caused you at 24 to say, I'm going to New York?
1: When I was a young kid, I always wanted to come to America, mm-hmm. and I envisioned myself coming to America, and... I failed out at school, and then everyone said to me, "You'll never make it there." And I moved from uh, Perth to Sydney and went to acting school. And I realized that Australia was just too small. So I was like, "If I I need to be around entrepreneurs, I was always passionate about the education system in America. I loved the college system. I loved how you know it was just I just loved the system of the entrepreneur. Interesting. There's no ceiling in America. If you are brave enough to." go out and do it as America loves the comeback the hero's journey
0: the rocky story exactly so had you experienced any because what I've noticed is in order to have that drive many times to succeed you had to have already gone e- either one or two ways I guess one you just had this natural upbringing of like you can do it right like mom and dad were awesome poured into you great school, great leadership from your parents, and they're like setting you up, best college, go. And then, hey, you succeed. Good for you. You've been winning your whole life. That's one way. The other way is you just go through hell. You have a, a tough childhood. Maybe you get involved with drugs. You struggle in school. Your parents get divorced. You feel lost. And you screw up, screw up, screw up, screw up, screw up. And then at some point you realize... I'm kind of tired of this. And you know what? I've considered jumping off a cliff. I've considered um, the living version of that, which is just uh, working at McDonald's. Nothing against anybody that works at McDonald's. But either way, you've looked at your life in two different forms of, man, I'm either going to jump off the cliff or I'm just going to die but be living, aka having this horrible job. You've looked at your life in a way where you're like, this sucks. And that causes you to say, "Screw that! I'm going. I'm going to New York, right?" So, what was it for you? From,
1: well, I came from the adversity. I was bullied constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only Greek kid in a very white kind of. If you, if you come from Australia and you're European, growing up, when I was growing up, it was really Australia is a very racist place. Wow, interesting. And I looked. The I didn't way know that. I look. You know, I was like a, a spick, They call it a wog. Um, Horrible at school, undiagnosed dyslexic, didn't really struggle with school. Got kicked out of school at sixteen for you know smoking pot and doing yeah. dumb stuff. Had to go to a, a public school that was horrific. Um, that I went from private to public. I was a really good athlete. They beat the crap out of me, and I got into drugs and tr- trouble at a young age. I just didn't, couldn't figure it out, but I knew deep down um, that. I, I was going to go and play Australian rules football and one of the coaches said, you don't want to do this, do you? And I said, no, I want to move to America. And he said, why don't you go to Sydney first and figure it out? And I just knew that I had no one, I mean, nothing else my parents, they just didn't understand me. My dad was just, my parents were just really abusive hmm. physically and mentally. Um, were they together? Yeah, they just didn't know how to show up for me. My right. older brother got sick when I was young. My young sister was premature. And they didn't know. I was very eccentric. I was. I was always. I always had the ability to um, to shine. I, I knew how to figure it out. I knew how to get things done. So
0: when did you when did you first realize that? Like when was you? What was your first memory of like
1: ten? I just killed it. Ten. What was that? I was ten, and I remember running in a. Uh, I was a really good sprinter, and there was a kid that was a better sprinter than me, and no one would really support me. Mm. So I I remember running the heat and I was coming into the semifinal. I was running in the final and this kid's dad changed my life forever. He grabbed me and he said, do you know what the dark horse is? And I'm like, no. And he goes, you're the dark horse. I'm like, what's that? He goes, you're going to win this, but you don't think you can win.
0: Wow. He said,
1: so be the dark horse. Sick. So I said, okay. I said, what do I do? He said, you're going to hit the wall at about 300 meters. You're going to feel like you're going to die. He goes, that's when you have to dig deep. Wow. Goes, I guarantee you, when it burns and you, the lactic acid comes up and you feel like dying, you push through it and you'll beat this kid. This kid was, had, hadn't lost, and I was like, there's no way I'll beat him. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, he's right, I can do this. So literally, we hit like the straight, and it was like the 300 mark, and I felt the burn, like he talked about. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. I would normally in my head stop. And we were neck and neck, and it's a staggered race. So I'm in one, and he's in four, and I, I, I could see him out of my peripheral. I'm like, I got him, and I beat him. Wow. And Do I, you think you still would have beaten him if
0: the coach, if no. the dad never spoke into you like that? No. That's pretty sick. It's amazing. It's pretty awesome to think about the impact, right? It's one of the things that I say and that a lot of my, my wife and I are constantly say is that our children can only exist, and I think, All human beings can only exist inside of the space that we create for them. So Alana and I are very cautious of how we speak into our kids. We'll speak into them in a way of how we want them to show up in life. So we'll say things like, man, you know, guys, it's so cool because I bet you anything you're just really good at asking for help. It's so cool, man. Like I just I know that's how you are. You know, when you're stuck and you you know that it's okay to not know and you ask for help. That's awesome, dude. And I say, yeah, I do that all the time. That's cool, I bet you do. And I say, man, guys, and I love how when you see another student who maybe no one's paying him any attention and he's not getting any love, I love how you don't join everybody else and you, you go and check in on that kid. It's so cool that you do that, dude. And it's so nuts because his... Teachers, every single year, his teachers tell me, man, your son is so, one, he always asks for help, and he needs it. He needs it. He's not afraid to ask for help. He asks for too much help sometimes. But he looks out for everybody.
1: That's really good. It's
0: really cool. Yeah. And I started doing that with my firstborn son, Elijah, uh, with little things. Eli, I love how I don't ever have to tell you to clean your room. It's really cool. You just, like, do it automatically. And he does it. But people can only exist inside of the space that we create for them. And I think as a coach, because really you're a mentor, I'm a mentor, right? A coach's job is to see a future for others that may that they might not have been able to see for themselves and believe it with absolute conviction. And that's what that dad did for you. Yeah,
1: and he did it in a way that it changed my life because I always felt um, it was really tough winning because my mom was never a supportive person. She would always like, Make start comments like, "Oh, you're a show off," and yeah, like, it, and I would feel a, a really bad sense of shame, right? Because I was achieving.
0: Wow. So, wow. Later in crazy. Life,
1: yeah. Later in life, I would get a lot of success, but there was a hole in my belly. Mm. Like, ooh, I don't feel good. That's
0: crazy. Because
1: my yeah. inner dialogue was yeah. like, "Well, you don't deserve this." Right. So what I've always found is when I see someone, instead of if they've hit the wall. I try to focus on their assets, mm. not their liabilities. Mm. And I step back and go, stop. You've hit the wall. You've got the fear. Let's figure out a way to break this fear. Let's figure out a way to look at what you're good at. So good. And, and slowing. See, everything is, it's like I go back to um, things where, what's something you're good at? Encouraging others. What's, what's a skill you're good at? Are you good at skateboarding? Are you good at a sport? Are you good at something? Oh. I was I was
0: all right back in the day, but I would say a skill now is
1: speaking. All right. You're, you're an incredible seller. Selling. Right. Speaking. Right. Yeah, closing. Exactly. You're amazing yeah, at it. Thank you. Now, so when you first started, you can't – if you looked at yourself now to what you were, you had – develop skills to get as good as you are. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. So if you would have, if, if you didn't get mentors or you didn't look at people and you didn't study people and look at techniques and learn skills, if you would have said to yourself, now you're set up, you've got the office, you're killing it. If you would have said, oh, my God, I'm not as good as that guy, Kevin, I'm a loser, you would fail. Right. Because you've set yourself an expectation that's unrealistic yeah. to your skill set. So when you sorry, go you well,
0: and I have to say too, I think it's important that you 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 do your best to identify your skills as early as you possibly can. You know, if if I would have pursued being an athlete, I don't know if that would have been in my cards. You know, football, basketball,
1: skateboarding worked for me. But a true athlete that would have been in my cards. But you would have probably, and that's a very good, that's an incredible point that you're making is that you, if you're, awareness is the key. Mm-hmm. And honesty. Right. Because if I look at myself and say, okay, these are my assets, right? So you, you know that you're good at selling, but you want to be great. Right. So you go, I'm going to have to develop these skills and I'm going to have to work and I'm going to have to put in the repetition and the muscle memory, so it becomes natural. Exactly right. So by doing that, you you're breaking your fear because you're you're taking action and you're being creative and you're doing the work. Right, right. If you didn't, like, if I go back to myself, could have I been a a professional athlete? Well, yeah, I've, I've genetically I'm built a certain way. Even when last year I took uh, top three over forty, my oh, man, in the natural men's physique. Really Love it really killed me. Yeah. But I know I've got a certain genetic ability. It's not saying that I didn't have to work hard, but I know how to go into the well. Right. I did Kyokushin karate for a long time, and I was really good, but then my colon was really messed up. Mm. So I had to stop because I didn't yeah. have a bag. But you know, going back to – when I look at people, I stop them and say, okay, first of all, are you heading in the right direction? Right. Is this something you're doing because you want to do it? Because it's coming from your heart and soul? Or are you doing it to please others? Right. When we started talking from day one, when you told me your story... You know, I identified with it because I identified with the struggle. I identified with the market crashing. I identified with your fear. I identified with your honesty. I'm like, this is a guy I want to hang out with. Yeah. Right. You motivated me. You inspired me. We started talking. And then I said, we need to start talking. We need to do a podcast. Let's just do it. And you're like, I mean, as I said, we joke. And I'll, I'll get up at 4.30 and I text you, you're up. I know you're up. That's I, it. Know, I know my crew. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I love that. Yeah. But I know... Like when I go on Twitter and I see Jocko Wilco, you know, doing a little thing that he does the time every right. day at 4.30. And I'm like, well, I don't have to compete with him, but I'm part of the 5 a.m. crew and so are you. That's right. And I love that. And yeah. I love my 5 a.m. crew of just certain people. So I'm like, they're the people that I want to align my mm-hmm. purpose with. Because I know that they're setting goals. I know they're going to keep me accountable. I know they're going to take action. And you know, when you talk about your kids, and that's why I asked you a lot of questions about your kids. Being a, you know, get, having a newborn seven uh, seven weeks premature, um, you know, the, the, it was a really great experience. I landed from New York. Kim called me and said, "I think my water broke." We, I had no sleep. One hour of sleep, we went straight to the hospital. Wow! No, we couldn't do anything. From the hospital, stayed in the hospital. ICU, and then home, and we haven't had a break. Wow! And you know, when you talk about being present and being in the moment and living with adversity and and living with fear, if I hadn't faced adversity, if I wasn't used to sitting in it and struggling, I would have melted down.
0: Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so,
1: and it's been your
0: your training, right? Your ability to. To dance in that fire, in that midst of destruction.
1: And when we both. A beautiful gift. Yeah, but you do it as well. Like I remember when we spoke about, you know, when I asked you questions. See, I, I, I like to, I don't ever want to be the smartest guy in the room. I always want people smarter Same than here. me. Same here. I want someone that can teach me. I want someone that's more successful than me. And that, that, that you know, I always say to people if you, you want to drink, hang out with drunks. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Well, here's the interesting thing I believe about your gift and really finding it, enhancing it, and making it better is it's always been there, right? And so it's like my ability to sell, it was always there. In school, I was always selling my teachers on a better grade. by Selling is a series of asking questions. That's all selling is. It's asking questions. So I would ask my teachers, so how do my grades look? Okay, um, now, so what do I have to do to make my grades better? Right? And so, is there anything else that you think I need to work on? At a very early age, sneaking in the, the foundation of my selling career started by sneaking into hip hop shows.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Without a doubt.
0: Finding ways to get in good with the bouncer, at the guy at the door. Hey, wh- wh- what do I need to do to da 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 da? Right? Same way. Hey, Are you thinking about selling? It's the same thing, right? But identifying that and looking back, like, I think I can do that. And at the end of the day, I think what you and I are passionate about is helping people discover their gift and then become legends at it, become the best at it. But it's easy to look at a rapper, a fitness guy, a sales guy and think, well, I want to do that. Okay, cool. Well do you have this gift? Yeah. Because you might have you might be meant to be a chef. I burn toast. That's not supposed to be me. You might be meant to be a film director. But it's easy to I'm constantly getting hit up on Insta. Man, I'm thinking about getting in a, a career in real estate. Well tell me about your ability to connect with others, ask questions, and close a sale. Tell me about your ability to turn a no into a yes. What Success proven, what proven success do you have that has shown you you win at this? Yeah, because if you don't have any, let's take a look at areas of your life where you have been successful and try to find what your gift is. Because when you find it, it's like, damn, I've actually been doing that since I was four years old.
1: And you're right, it's, it's like you, if you don't break the fear and you don't remove the fear. that that gift will never come out. Absolutely. And you're always selling because what people, I think, underestimate is if I have a law degree and you have a law degree and we're both top of our class, we still got to get a job. That's it. When you walk into that job, you're selling yourself. Right. If I'm not – if people don't like me and I'm a douchebag and people like you, even if we have the same degrees – You get hired because you you sold yourself. I've watched people ruin their careers because they didn't understand. At the end of the day, when you wake up, you sell you. That's it. How you talk, how you think, how you feel. You're selling your package. I love it. And if that package and your mindset is off and you're negative, you're only going to get negative. If you you don't want to – look, it doesn't matter. I don't care what anyone says. You know, if you wake up, I've never, I never, ever, ever, ever wake up and feel good. I don't. I'm an addict. So good. I don't.
0: Yeah, I feel like crap crap. at 4.30. When I wake up, everything in my soul says, go to sleep, dummy, you moron. You haven't had enough sleep. What
1: are you doing? Go to bed. I don't want to get up. I get up at 4.30. My poor wife's been up twice. I kind of wake up. I'm a zombie. I go downstairs. I take the baby downstairs. I'm walking into walls. The first thing I do is I do a meditation. I clear my head. I get centered, and I write down how's my attitude. Mm. It usually sucks. Yeah. Right. What do I need to accept in right. my reality, and what action do I need to take today to be successful? I always do those three, and then th- wow, then that's cool. You know what I mean? Attitude, acceptance, action. That's interesting.
0: Because for me, I've tried to do other things besides run um, early, and I, it doesn't work. I'm like, the only thing I can do before 5 a.m. that I can manage is get my, I can stand up for one. I can stand up, <laughs> I can put my clothes on, I can, and I can walk into the car and get to the gym. I hate life at that whole point. From 4.30 to 4.45, life sucks. Life doesn't get awesome until 5.05 when I've done my first five minutes on the treadmill. It's the only thing I can do. So Endorphins. for me, the writing, and I've tried it, man. I tried to start off. You know what? I should start with spirit, and I'm going to start off my day with prayer because that sounds like it doesn't work. I start off my day. All right, I'm going to pray. I go to sleep. So we talked about breaking fear. I love the acronyms that you dropped on us. Break them
1: down again. So when false evidence appears real, F-E-A-R, most people say forget everything and run. Instead, we must face everything and rise. That's what I'm talking about.
0: And you also mentioned something you want to stop, because in your acronym
1: for stop, what's that all about? So basically, when you're in fear, okay, you have to think of the word stop. It's very simple. S is simply stop, T, take a breath, O, observe the fear. And think about this. You're either afraid you're not going to get what you want. You're going to lose what you've already got. You have guilt and shame from the past. Or you're obsessed about the future. It's got to be one of the four. Okay. What's the four again? So you're either afraid you're not going to get what you want. You're going to lose what you've already got. You have guilt and shame for something you've done in the past. Or you're obsessed about the future. Mm. Either way, it's just all a make-believe story. It's just a story. False evidence appearing real. Amazing. So if false evidence appears real and you have fear, you're not in the moment. You have to be in the moment.
0: It's awesome, man. Right? So then what do you
1: do? You proceed. If you stop, you observe. Stop, take a breath, observe. Then you proceed. You take action. That's it. You slow it down. So when we're talking about waking up in the morning, I find that, you know, the three things that are never right. My attitude is never right when Mm. I first wake up. Ever. Um, I heard someone say uh, motivation is a lie, and I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. You know, think about like this. What happens if, you know, there's that thing that people say is successful people or success is just getting up and doing it no matter how you feel. Mm -hmm. Unsuccessful is... Waiting to feel good before you do it. Sure. What happens if you never feel good? Right. That means you never do it. That's it. So you're never going to feel good. You're never going to feel motivated. You know, what makes the Navy SEALs and these special forces is not this talent. It's the ability to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So good. Right? It's about the ability to sit in it and go, no matter what, I'm not quitting. So good. Well and I think that goes back
0: to that that whole conversation we were having about freedom yes how if you look at anybody who truly has freedom, you look at a um, uh, a football player, a rapper, a surgeon, an actor, a dancer they've got an immense amount of freedom in their arena right to to move around total freedom if you look at in And in a a savvy real estate investor who's achieved enormous financial freedom, so much that he never has to work another day in his life, right? There was an immense amount of discipline that had to take place in order to achieve that freedom. Why did it take discipline? Because I didn't want to go through law school. Because I didn't want to save. I wanted to buy that Ferrari instead. Because I didn't want to go to practice. I wanted to hang out and chill. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. But to truly have freedom, we have to have an immense amount of discipline. And in order to have discipline, we have to be willing to do what nobody else wants to do. And and I think that if we wait around to feel motivated before we're going to go out and chase our dreams, it's never going to happen. You have to be willing to say, damn it, I'm going to do it right now.
1: Absolutely. And going back on your discipline, I agree because I feel people fail. And don't have discipline because they can't delay gratification. Mm. Your ability to delay gratification and say, that's what I want. I will discipline myself until I get it because that's my goal. Yeah. I have a dream. I will make that dream a reality by disciplining myself moment by moment, day by day, week by week, you know, month by month, year by year. I will delay my gratification. Most people go, well, I want it now. That's it. And most people don't see the struggle. They see the trophy. They see the celebration. They don't see the work that goes into building this office. They don't see the work into... Look, it's the greatest thing that anyone ever said. I remember reading this great article uh, with Carl Malone. And Carl Malone wasn't drafted as a high pick. And they said that... You know, he was overweight and he was never going to be any good. And when I was in Utah, Utah I, I read this great thing. He would get up in the morning and would do an hour um, of running. Then he would do an hour in the gym. Then he would do another hour of running hills in Utah. Mm. Then he would eat. Then he would go back to the gym and lift weights for an hour. Then he would take two hours off. Then he would do skill work and practice. This guy was training A beast. eight. Eight hours a day. Wow. Never beat Jordan. Wow. They never won. Crazy. Utah got to the final how many times and always lost. Now, they said to him, Did that affect you coming second? He goes, That wasn't my journey. Mm. He showed up no matter. He came second every. Now, his goal was to win. Sure. But he had the ability, even losing, face his fear, face the adversity, break his fear, take action, keep showing up, and always come second. Yeah. And it still didn't
0: affect him. And I believe it didn't affect him because he was clear on his habits and our, I believe that it's, it's our habits that really shape who we are. Not the rewards. You got an award, a nice car, a, an amazing house, that's great. That's a thing that you have, but that doesn't make you who you are. If you become the president, if you become this or that, those titles, they don't, they're fun, they're shiny, it's cool, but I believe what really gives us a sense of like, man, I'm doing life the way I'm supposed to be doing life. I'm giving it everything that I've got. It's our habits.
1: Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. They say it takes 66 days for a discipline to become a habit. That's good. So do you think it's because people can't stay with the discipline enough to create a good habit?
0: Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 I didn't naturally start waking up at 4.30 until this last year. This last year, and people tell me all the time, well, I can not do that. I'm not a morning person. Right. <laughs> you think I'm a morning person? I love being up late. Uh, trust me, I'm not a morning person. But it's balancing the, r- the reward, yep. right, for the, the investment. Is the investment of waking up at 4.30 worth the reward that I'm going to have at 6 a.m. when I'm ready to just run through a wall and I'm inspired out of my mind? What's more important, sleeping or a feeling of just absolutely winning I think.
1: I think at the end of the day, I think, um, and I learned this, I learned years ago, a guy said to me this great thing. He said, the time will change, but the place remains the same. So you can never go back in time, but you can go back to a place you once spent time. Mm. And I was sitting in my high school going, you know what? In 20 years from now, I can either come back here and sit in this same seat with this great life story, or I can be like everyone else, and not try, yeah. And I go back and see all my friends in Australia, and they're like, "How did you do all that stuff?" I'm like, "The thing was, I just did it." Yeah, I failed. I fail all the time, but I don't care about failing because I'm doing it. Right. See, I'll fail so many times that I'll eventually succeed. It's awesome.
0: You get Let's up. talk about that because you. Yeah. One of the points that we talk about all the time is you got to fail till you fly. Yeah. How do you develop that? What do you think that comes from, right? Because in, in that's one of our biggest, basically what, what, what that's, that is saying there, we wrote that down, fail till you fly, is you have to be willing to face your fear until you fly. That's Correct. another word for it because we're all afraid of failure.
1: Yes. Right? So how do you develop that? What does, that, what does fail till you fly mean to you? Well, to me, I just don't believe... Look, it, I think if you've been mothered too much, I think if you've been wrapped in cotton wool and... You've had such a, a great security blanket that, you know, it's like you see parents all the time. A kid gets up, and he, he's trying to learn to walk, and he falls. Oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to hurt mm. himself. If, if, if you Pain is good. Pain is a reality check. Yeah. 60% of Americans are on painkillers. Wow. They don't want to accept pain. 60%. Without pain, you don't have growth. There was a study that said after the age of 25, most people will not change their behavior unless they face horrific trauma. Wow. So if you're on drugs, you're never going to face the trauma because you black it. But if you're prepared to feel the pain and the trauma, it's so overwhelming, you must change. Right. You must change your mindset your perception, and how you go about things. So what are we really looking at? If I get up in the morning and I live in reality, I know that every day is a blessing, okay? Yeah. I was sitting on a hospital bed, my appendix burst, the doctor gave me 50-50 in June, I went into septic shock. Great reality check, I'm sitting there, My birthday, I find out I'm having a baby boy. The next day, I'm rushed in the hospital with an exploded appendix. Wow. This is how crazy I was. The day, I didn't know my appendix had exploded. I didn't know I had appendicitis. I went to the gym with appendicitis, did 300 pull-ups with a weight vest on in an hour, and I thought I tore something in my abdomen. Wow. And I said to my wife, I think I tore something in my abs. Got rushed to the hospital. Oh, your appendix burst. Doctor tells me we're removing your colon, right? You're in septic shock. You may die. Wow. I'm laying there with this ultimate reality. I'm like, okay, let me, let me look over my life. And I thought, well, I've actually lived a really full life. If I die right now, I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. But I'm going to be frustrated because I feel a little upset that I'm leaving my wife with a, a kid, mm. right? And the doctor says to me, do you want to say a prayer? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. Just get me through the surgery. Right. If I lose my colon list, don't worry about that. Just yeah. get me through the surgery. Now, this was a reality check for me because I'm a first-time father. If I didn't have a kid, I'll be honest with you, I'd have been like, if this is my time, it's my time. Yeah. But I have a responsibility. That's it. Right? That's it. So if we look at failing to your fly, right, if you're not prepared to fall over, to skin your knees, to lose businesses, you're never going to know how to have a successful business. Absolutely. You're never going to know how to succeed. You have to not judge yourself. You have to be willing to fail so many times that you learn the lessons to succeed.
0: And here's something interesting to think about because I experienced that my – You know, company, case, project mindset, this all came about the year after I went through some major trauma. I lost the two most important people in my entire upbringing, the most important person in my life from zero to 18, my father, and then the most important person in my adult life, my best friend, my brother, Jonas. I lost both of those guys in the same six months. That trauma caused me to snap. I said, I'm either going to join them or or I'm going to live my dreams. Right. And it happened. I mean, it's like,
1: boom. Trauma.
0: Right? Major trauma. But here's the interesting thing to think about. If your life is just chill, you're actually, and you don't set any goals, you're never actually going to experience any trauma. It's like many times trauma that I experience now, because look, life's good now. Right? So how do I experience Maybe not necessarily trauma, but how do I experience, why is it that now, this day, 2018, I experience huge, gigantic
1: losses now? Because you've, but see, that's the difference. It's like this. So you've learned to fail. Well, and that's the whole point
0: is the reason why I experience huge losses now is because I set huge goals, goals. now, right. and I can't possibly win them all. No. So my point is, you've got to set your life up in a way where you're fucking chasing your dreams, yes. and guess what? Sometimes it's going to be a total nightmare. But the only way to live trauma-free, the only way to live breakdown-free is to never set yourself up for a breakthrough. So if you just play small, I'm just going to be mellow. I'm just going to live with mom forever. I'm just going to work at Starbucks forever. But let me
1: counter this. So here you go. So basically, the ultimate reality is death. Okay? It's the ultimate reality because it's the ultimate unknown. Mm-hmm. That what we don't know, we fear. Okay? Right? So here, I sit in my room all day. I have my parents take care of me. Yeah. I get a normal job. I don't risk being in a relationship because you know what, one is it that person doesn't love me. Yeah. Or that person doesn't, I don't extend myself and I live in this little comfort zone. And then death comes knocking at the door. Right. Because I can't escape it. What do I do? I regret everything oh, I yeah. didn't try.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because man, and I really like that you bring in the relationship thing because that is the core. You know, mind, body, soul is the core. Yes. After you started to set up new things for yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, you've got to look at relationship. You've got to look at that. As men, we're always talking business. You and I are constantly talking business. But I love that you mentioned relationship because that's even something. It's huge. You know what I mean? How many people have been hurt or were cheated on or whatever, so they're like, that sucked. I'm never going to go through that again. Yep. And, man, you know what? It takes a lot of courage to say, you know what, I'm going – I'm going after my dream, dream person yep. this year.
1: Absolutely, yeah. But and envision takes... it. And you know what? The greatest thing. is funny you said because, it like, it's relationships on many levels. Mm-hmm. So you know, you've got friendships that you that you know what? I'm never going to have another friend because someone backs down. Right. Me. Yeah. I'm never going to have another business partner because one failed. Yeah. Right. I'm never going to have, like you said, another girlfriend. I've been through a divorce. What well, doesn't mean I'm not going to marry right. again. I have to look at and be like, what what did I do and where did I go wrong? Right. Right? Oh, what, I'm never going to have another pet because my dog died? Right. So, you know, if if we look at, you're going to
0: fail. And one of the most beautiful things that you can do, I think, is be okay with your worst-case scenario. So right now, you know, Alana and I, we're pursuing buying our dream home. And it's a very challenging transaction for reasons why I won't get into but in order to buy our dream home, we've sold our previous home. So there's a chance. There's a, there's, a, there's a chance it can take much longer than you expected after we close escrow on our current home to move into the new home, which we were not aware of. And there are things that are out of our control. Maybe it's going to work. And this is in the next two weeks. But maybe in the next two weeks, we find out it's not going to work for another month. Another, it could be another two months. Wifey and I sat down and we're like, you know what? Let's look at the worst case scenario. Let's say it takes six months. Right. Oh, you know what? Let's look at an even worse case scenario. Let's say it doesn't work at all. Would we be all right? We looked at each other. We're like, that would suck. It would sting. But guess what? We would be totally all right. And we got to sell our house at a great time in the market. We would be all good. So point is, what happens? Well, we have freedom now because we faced our worst-case scenario. So in setting your goals, if you can look at, well, what if I absolutely bomb? What if I try to start this business? What if my boy Andy, you know, stopped doing the clothing company thing, and he looked at, well, I'm going to start an ice cream shop. When he started (laughs) afters, I imagine he was probably like, what if this thing bombed starting an ice cream business there's a very good chance that's gonna bomb instead he's got Baskin Robbins copying him and it succeeded but I think it's very powerful to say what's the worst thing that's gonna happen look at that thing face that thing realize that even the worst case scenario is all good well guess what now you can hit that thing fearless you're good to
1: go because even if it bombs, you're still okay. And I don't think, like, it's like, I don't... If you... Look, here's a perfect example, okay? You've got Mike Tyson. I'm friends with Mike. Um, you had Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield was always written off. Mm. Mike was the phenom, was destroying people. Mike went to prison. Evander wanted to fight him. Evander wasn't fighting well. Mike was the champ. And... When they fought the first time, Evander beat Mike. Right. Now, Evander knew he could beat Mike because years ago when they were kids, they sparred at the Olympic trials. Right. And he knew that Mike wasn't good when he faced adversity. Interesting. He knew when Mike was put under pressure, he would fail. Wow. Let's fast forward to 2017, 16, Ronda Rousey. Sure. Ronda Rousey on paper looked phenomenal. Right. And she was beating a lot of girls. Right. But as soon as Holly Holm worked out her game plan... That's it. ...Holly destroyed her. She couldn't take the failure. Right. She came back against Amanda Nunes and got knocked out in 48 (sighs) seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So certain people are good moving forward. Right. But what happens when you're moving back? That's it. That's it. Because that takes real character. When you hit the ground and you fail... Stallone said it the greatest way. He turned up to the movie, The Godfather, to work as an extra. Mm. And he was told he didn't look Italian enough. Wow. And he's Italian. And he went back to his little apartment and he wrote the script for Rocky. Boom. And he had no money and had to sell his dog.
0: Wow. Because he
1: had no heat, no electrical, no food. Sold the script. They told him that he couldn't play the, the, the character in Rocky. He ended up taking less money, playing it, winning the Oscar, and then bought his dog back. Sick. And when you talk about failure, like the amount of times, I mean, look, at, let's look at our governor, our uh, ex-governor. Here's a guy that came from another country, can barely speak English. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. Arnold sounds like a Neanderthal. Right. California is burning. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he can barely speak English. Got famous for lifting That's weights. Incredible. Right. Yeah said he'd marry a Kennedy, said he'd become the governor. incredible. Made movies where people said, we can't even understand you. I saw The Greatest Interview where he wanted to do um, Twins, and the director's like, Arnold, are you speaking English? (laughs) Right? So good. And he had such belief, and he knew he looked a certain way. It's the ability to embrace your failure and realize that you're not a failure, you're an asset. Your assets are your liabilities if your perception is right. My obsession makes me brilliant. Now, my obsession in the wrong ways makes me a drug addict. Right. But being a drug addict, I have incredible incredible obsession when I focus amazing. So it's not a failure that I was a drug addict. Yeah. It's brilliant that I was a drug addict, and it's brilliant that I failed because now I look back and go, look at how I can proceed and mm-hmm. take action. It's incredible. You know what I mean, Sue? Yeah, I look at it like as well when you can
0: take a look at the adversity you've gone through as some of your best skill sets. You know, I failed the real estate test almost more than anybody that I know. Uh, most people pass it in their first or second try. It's not that hard of a test. Some people it takes three, some four. I don't really know anybody else that it took five times to pass the damn real estate test. That's amazing. I'm past that. I'm not even going to say. But for me, those study habits were developed in school, right? So it's like for me to study something considering the fact that I went to 17 schools in five different states, I never really had the ability to have consistent study habits ever, right? There was something that I missed in that piece. And in recognizing that, what that has actually taught me is that in order to succeed, I need to have total structure. So when I'm studying something now, I have to set all these things up. I have to turn all these things off So that I can focus on just one thing. But what happens when I get to focus on just that
1: one thing, it's game time. It's amazing. Yeah. But you're right because you realize that, but you have to look at it as well. So if you, where I've, if I, when people say, oh, I don't look at the past. I always look at the past.
0: Yeah.
1: My past doesn't define my future, but it allows me to reflect. Right. Good and bad. And, you know, be honest with myself. You know, when I ask people, what are you reading? They're like, oh, I don't read. I'm like, well, really? You don't read anything? Mm-hmm. I try to, I'm always reading. I'm always watching a podcast. I'm always writing. I'm always trying to improve. I'm always looking at people that are doing things and strategies. And I'm open to anything. Right. Because the universe is going to give me every moment of the day, um, you're learning something.
0: Absolutely. And that was the reason why we wanted to do this, because yeah. you and I have these awesome conversations anyways. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I've had the mic set up. It's all at the office. Let's Come through. Yeah. Let's vibe out. Yeah. And what I've really gotten from today, uh, two things that I've really picked up from this conversation. Number one is figure out that thing that you do, that you're good at. That's one of the big ones. Don't look at what I'm doing or you're doing or what this rapper or actor or this doctor or this lawyer. Figure out what's your lane Yep. You have to figure out your lane and trust that you can do it the way you want to do it. For me, I love coaching people and closing deals. So naturally, real estate was <laughs> the perfect place. Yep. But I was stuck in the idea that I have to wear a suit and tie. Guys, you got to know that you can do whatever business, however you want to do it, right? So find your lane. Yep. Find the thing that you do and that you have proof. That you've done this well, and then do that thing for 10,000 hours. Agreed. Do that thing for 10,000 hours. What else I, I really picked up from our conversation today is face the fear. Yeah. Welcome the fear. Be stoked on the fear, and then fight through that.
1: Yeah. Fight through it. It's like this. If you're at the start of a 100-meter final, okay, to say that you're not nervous is a lie. Mm-hmm. You've got adrenaline running. That's fear. Right. Now, that fear can be your best friend. Yeah. If you can sit in it and allow it to propel you. But going back to what you just said about, you know, following you, people want to walk in other people's footsteps. What people need to do is learn to step to the side and create their own footsteps. That's it. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, I'm inspired, dude. I think those are two... Two really good points yeah. that we've spent some awesome time and energy on. Face your number one. I would say it's it's
1: breaking your fear.
0: Breaking your fear. Also identifying your gift. Hanging yes. out, guys. If you just hang out in those two places, know that there's going to be fear. Face it. Break through it. But number two, find your own unique gift. Yeah. Look for places in your life, in your past, where you've won. You've, you've clearly succeeded and done something awesome, and there was a reason why. Look at that proof and then find a way to actually put that through your career.
1: Yeah, and it's usually something that the, the thing that you're most afraid of is what you should be challenging yourself with.
0: This right here, for me, sales is easy. What I'm doing right here, coaching, speaking, the podcast, <laughs> this is a fear. Oh, really? That's why I've had the equipment for three months and I haven't used it. <laughs> I need people like you to be like, damn it, Kev. Just come through, push record. Don't worry about the noise levels. We'll figure that out later. That's why I called you. I
1: wrote down a bunch of topics. I'm like, let's just do this. You're like, okay. And I'm like, yeah. Well, there'll be
0: more. There'll be more of Coach Kev and Mike Diamond for everybody. There's a lot of people that I'd love to see you interviewing, and I might just be observing here in this space at Project Mindset. We'll do it together. We're going to have a lot more conversations. Any final words? All I can say is uh, face your fears and learn to fail. Learn to fail. I love that. That's what I'm talking about. Learn to fall on your face and get back up. Get out there and fail, people. Fail. (laughs) Fail until you fly. That's it, man. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Kev. Peace, everyone.